Welcome to the Marriage Day Podcast. I'm Jimmy Evans. This is my wife, Karen. We're talking today about flying high in marriage, keeping your marriage flying high, huge, huge issue. This teaching today, and Karen, we're talking, you know, about the importance of focusing on your marriage. You know, uh, I do this teaching that's called Flying High in Marriage, mm -hmm. and I'm talking about, I'm a pilot, and mm -hmm. so for years I flew a single engine plane. I'm not a 747 pilot, but I flew a, seven, uh, a small plane, but there is an autopilot button that you hit it, and then you, you, you lose your focus. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that a lot of a lot of serious crashes and problems happen because pilots lose their focus. Mm -hmm. And this is what happens in marriage. We get married, we're very focused on each other, and then over a period of time we just kind of get distracted and we, we start doing the wrong things. And and we wonder what's going wrong. Well, what's going wrong is you can't put your marriage on autopilot. Mm -hmm. uh, for marriage to succeed, it has to be our focus. Well, when we got married, um, I play golf all the time. Mm -hmm. And the, what, what almost caused us to divorce in the first few years of our marriage was me golfing. Mm -hmm. and, and you resented it, of course, mm -hmm. but I, I was completely on autopilot, wasn't paying attention to the marriage, but you were very focused. Tell me what that was like. Well, it was hard because, you know, we were very young, 19, and then I got pregnant. See, we'd been married seven months and I got pregnant. So we had a child young and you would leave me and I just, I felt like this disconnect from you that we're here ha trying to have a family, but golf was more important, you know, it's like, and because of your personality, like you said, you know, the chauvinism, it was like, don't tell me what to do. Yeah, sure. And so, um, and I, I can remember this even when we were dating, actually. I remember <laughs> those times that, you know, you would go off golfing and remember the meatloaf story? <laughs> I remember the meatloaf story. We'll yeah. tell that story. Oh, sometime. yeah. And so, uh, we were dating, and I, and I was living on my own because I had to move out of the house, and Jimmy was um, living at his house, and so he had gone to play golf, and his favorite meal is meatloaf and mashed potatoes and green beans, and so I had cooked him this great meal, and he said, I'll be there for dinner. Well, dinner, dinner, and we didn't have cell phones back then, and so finally he shows up, and he walks in like, I'm here, serve me, and I'm just like, and I, he sat down at the table and I said, did you even think about calling me? He goes, well, how am I going to call you? Well, phone, call, and tell me you're going to be late, and you said, <laughs> and I, something triggered. I picked up that plate of food, dumped it on his head, meatloaf, green beans, mashed potatoes, all down the front, and he was like, <gasps> and I took my car keys well, the and I had that hit my mouth was delicious. <laughs> and I, I took my car keys with my little beetle Volkswagen and I zoomed out of the house and I literally drove through because he was parked behind me, drove through the backyard, a little duplex that was in this little area of duplexes, drove through the backyard, out through the clothesline in the backyard to escape him. That's how she, upset she I was. She had anger issues. <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> and so after that, I think you kind of got the messages. Not no, a good I thing. really didn't. That was before we got married. <laughs> That's true. So, you would think you still had that memory. <laughs> I know. Well, I just, I, I was so distracted and, and my feeling was, why isn't our marriage working? Yeah. And the reason our marriage isn't working is because there's something wrong with you, but there wasn't. Mm -hmm. I, I was completely distracted. I think this issue of flying high in marriage, being on autopilot, not paying attention, this is a big thing. It's in, in an airplane. Mm -hmm. uh, marriage is a two-pilot plane. There, there are single-pilot planes. That's what mine was. But there are two-pilot planes, and you have to have both pilots cooperating or the plane's going to crash. Mm -hmm. Marriage is a two-pilot plane. 
Uh, the husband can't make it work by himself. Mm -hmm. The wife can't make it work by herself. But if one of them is distracted, in other words, one of them hits autopilot mm -hmm. and says, I'm going to hit autopilot, I'm going to go to work and build a career. I'm going to hit autopilot, I'm going to go over here and raise the kids. It doesn't work that way. Regardless of whatever else you have going on in your life, you have to focus on your marriage in order for it to work. Mm -hmm. okay. So we're going to go to the teaching now. If you've enjoyed this podcast, would you leave us a review, please? We'd love to read your reviews. But we're going to go to the teaching now. Hope this blesses you. The very best thing that we can do for our family is to work on our marriage. So I want to talk about how to keep your marriage flying high. I'm going to give you a little flying lesson here, okay? And this is what they teach you when you're, when you're taking flying lessons. Number one, believe that you could crash. When you're taking pilot's lessons in the classroom part of it, they talk to you about feelings of invincibility. And they say, if you believe that you're bulletproof and 10 feet tall and you're not going to crash, you're the guy that's going to crash. Because pilots need to be sober-minded people. And they need to understand it could happen to me. Now, when Karen, Karen and I started our marriage ministry over 20 years ago, there was a couple, a uh, wonderful couple, and they had a wonderful marriage ministry. And they went all over the world uh, ministering to marriages, and they, they registered the success of their ministry by how many divorces were canceled. Tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of divorces were canceled. Or were, were canceled, and uh, they, uh, they were on our program, we interviewed them, and then they divorced. This powerful marriage ministry, and in the letter, uh, he ran off with some gal, and in the letter that he wrote uh, explaining the failure of their marriage, he said, we didn't, we, I didn't listen to my own teaching. Karen and I could crash. We're not invincible, and we understand that. And when you understand that you're not invincible, you work on your marriage. The second, the second way that you keep flying high in your marriage is learn the laws of aerodynamics and respect them. There are laws of aerodynamics. I don't fear flying. The more you learn about flying, flying's the safest. Listen, flying is the safest method of, of transportation, right? Okay. Marriage is the safest relationship on earth. Did you know that with all of its warts, marriage is the safest relationship on earth. And did you know that the way that God designed it, you have a 100% chance of success in marriage? Did you know that? This marriage is the safest relationship on earth when you do it God's way. Well, you know, people, uh, I was on a plane one day and there was uh, three gals across the aisle from me over here. And this one gal that was closest to me was terrified of flying. She was throwing up in the air sick bag while we were at the gate. She had her mouth on that air. I felt so sorry for her. Well, you know, air is a liquid. When you fan yourself, you know, a lot of people think you're up in the air in a 747 and that, that plane is up in the middle of nothing. Air is, air is a very heavy liquid. And that's why a 747 with hundreds of passengers and all their luggage on board, when you see a ship in the ocean, you don't worry about it because you can see the water. Well, uh, oxygen is just like water. It's just a very heavy liquid. So when you understand the laws of aerodynamics, you don't fear flying. You, you, only, you just make sure that you don't violate the laws. When you break a law of aerodynamics, you're going down. You're going to get hurt real bad or you're going down. God created four laws for marriage. These are laws. In Genesis chapter 2, when God created Adam and Eve in the institution of marriage, here's what God said. The first words ever spoken after marriage was created. For this cause a man shall leave his father and mother, shall cleave unto his wife. The man and his wife were both naked and unashamed. Those are the four foundational laws of marriage. Those are laws. Those are not principles. Now listen, 
God said, for this cause a man will leave his father and mother. Well, how do we know that God wasn't just saying that to Adam and Eve? How do we know that God was also saying that to us? Because Adam and Eve didn't have a mother. God directly created Adam and Eve. They were the only people ever created that didn't have a belly button. So God says, for this cause, a man is going to leave his father and his mother and cleave unto his wife, and they too shall become one flesh. And the man and his wife were both naked and not ashamed. Well, here are the four laws of marriage. Number one, marriage has to be first. Now listen to me. When you break a law, you're going to get hurt. Marriage operates within God's laws. Karen and I violated every law of marriage when we first got married, and we were on the brink of divorce. And so when you understand the laws of marriage and you understand it doesn't matter how intelligent you are, how rich you are, how talented you are, no one is the exception. Gravity doesn't care who you are. It will drag you down and kill you. It doesn't care who you are. It's, it's an impersonal thing. The laws of marriage will help anyone succeed, or if you violate them, anyone will fail. Okay, number one law, marriage has to be first. For this cause, a man will leave his father and mother. The most important relationship that you had before you got married now has to be reprioritized in real terms. Okay, so here's what I'm saying. If your job comes before your marriage, your marriage is at risk. If your children come before your marriage, your marriage is at risk. If any friendship you have comes before your marriage, your marriage is at risk. Let me say, here's, here's the, so that's just true. But here's the special challenge that our generation has. It's called electronics. Now, listen to what happened in this room. I don't know if it happened in other places, the, the rumble. So people say all the time, my spouse is sitting across the room from me, but they're not with me. They're, they're on their phone. They're texting. I can't, we're not, we're not connecting. One, one statistic I read said that one third of all affairs begin on Facebook and one half of divorce petitions have the word Facebook on them. Okay. So I'm saying, if I, if I said to you here, I would like to hand you this and it's probably going to help you a whole lot have an affair or get divorced. Would you, would you accept that? And I'm not saying anything bad about Facebook. I'm saying you need a technology free zone in your home where you are together and no one else is there with you. And if you can't shut your phone off or shut your computer down, it means it's in control of you. You're not in control of it. Technology is a wonderful servant. It's a terrible master. And technology is destroying marriages. It's keeping us from connected. If you're sitting in the same room, you're both on the computer talking to somebody else, you're not with each other. Karen and I used to come home. I would come home. We would eat together as a family. We would put our children to bed. We taught them to respect our marriage. They knew that they had a certain time, up to a certain time of night was their time. And then we put them to bed, and then it was our time. And we went into the bedroom, and we had a little area, a little sitting area. where We went into the bedroom. We popped popcorn, and we, without television, without any, anyone or anything, uh, you know, distracting us, we would sit and talk face-to-face for an hour or two. And I look back on that as some of the most important time in marriage, connecting every single day. But I hear people right now telling me all the time, we just don't have any connection. You know, it's, it, but they're texting, they're, they're emailing, they're, they're on the telephone. They're, there's the constant intrusion there. The number one law of marriage is your marriage has to be first in real terms. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter how busy you are. It doesn't matter how talented you are. It doesn't matter how much money you make. It doesn't matter. No one is the exception. Your marriage has to be number one. Number two law of marriage is the law of pursuit. 
For this cause a man will leave his father and mother and cleave unto his wife. And the word cleave there means like to run up a mountain. It is a very energetic word. Marriage is work. It only works when you work at it. And so marriage has to be first, but number two, you have to work at it. Number two is spouse fuel, the second time of type of fuel that we have. Meeting each other's needs and having fun. Very important to have fun together in marriage. Without sex and fun, marriage is a business relationship, and it's a rotten business relationship. You need to have sex and fun in marriage and meet each other's needs, and it's like fuel. Early in our marriage, Karen and I always had on our calendar a time, we, first of all, we had a weekly date night, a time to be together. We had time that we talked every single day, but always on our calendar, we, four or five weeks at the ma at max away, we would put our kids with my mom and dad. Uh, we were broke. We didn't have any money. So we literally would go 30 miles away and stay at the crummiest motel you've ever seen in your entire life. It's all we could afford. But we would literally go to the grocery store, walk into the motel room, lock the door, and stay there for 24 to 48 hours. And when we walked out, we were full of fuel. And we timed it. <laughs> I, I did. <laughs> so you have to meet each other's needs, and you need to have fun in your marriage. And you have to time it. You can't go three or four weeks without being together. Every, every day, you need to have meaningful time together of connecting. But two or three times a week, you need to have special times together in goodwill, in the sense, and I, I ask Karen, I, I say to Karen, I say, are you okay? Well, she knows what that means. Is there anything I need to change to make you happy or, or to, to do what I need to do as a husband? I want to know the answer to that question. Are you okay? You need to be able to ask your spouse that and not be defensive about it. You both need to answer that question, yes. Number three kind of fuel is friend fuel. We need good friends in our lives that, uh, you know, that give to us and that we enjoy, and that we enjoy being with church, critical in the days that we live in. All of Karen and I's best friends we met in church, it's critical in the days we live in. But let me say this, children burn fuel. <laughs> I didn't mean that to be a joke, but it's a pretty good one, isn't it, really? It, children... Work burns fuel, right? And some people burn fuel. Problems burn fuel. But some people, some people aren't givers, some people burn fuel. Okay, so here's what happened in marriage. We love each other, we get married, everything is great. We get up to altitude and we just think, isn't this fantastic? We met, we married, everything's going great. But we have some other things going on, so we had autopilot. We, we began to burn fuel. And then, and then when we're burning fuel and we're not taking on fuel, God fuel, spouse fuel, friend fuel, then we get together and we don't have the resources to meet each other's needs. And we're tired and we're distracted and we're frustrated because we're, we're just not meeting each other's needs. And then you wake up one day and you hear these words, I don't think I love you anymore. I don't know that I ever loved you. Because you can't remember having fuel on board. And that's when the marriage goes nose down and every bad thing begins to happen. Okay, you've got to fuel that plane. And you need to keep enough fuel on board that you have more than enough fuel. And then you're not running on fumes because your marriage needs that. And everyone depending on your marriage needs that. Here's the next tip. Don't overload the plane. Okay. If you've ever heard this saying, you're watching the news and you hear this, the plane crashed shortly after takeoff, 90% of the time that's because the plane was overloaded. Every plane has a center of gravity. And when you overload a plane, especially the back end of a plane, Either the plane won't take off, you can't get altitude and you crash, or if you do take off, you can't fly the plane. The plane is unmanageable. It's very difficult to land. So you have to keep your weight and balance 
the way it needs to be. Here's the issue of stress. Stress robs the joy of life. The stress of debt robs the joy of possessing. I don't believe all debt is wrong, but I believe if you have too much debt, it doesn't matter what you have, you're not going to enjoy it. If you have a house that's too expensive, if you have cars and all that stuff that's too expensive, it just robs. It just robs the joy of, of life and of possessing. Stress causes emotional fatigue, short tempers, and relational problems. Stress is a very high emotional consumer, and love is an emotional commodity. And so when we're under stress, it is actually sapping the, our emotional capacity to relate to each other, and we have short tempers, we're just spent because of stress. And, and most stress is self-inflicted. Some isn't, but most is. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ. Listen, don't be anxious for anything, but in everything pray. Did you know you can either pray or worry? And if you don't pray, you're going to worry? You, you, know, you say, well, how do I develop a prayer list? Write down everything you're worried about and pray until you get peace. Your, your worry list is your prayer list. What are you worried about? That's your prayer list. And it says, don't be anxious for anything, but in everything with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving. What do you mean with thanksgiving? I'm thanking him that he hears my prayers. And he's going to answer every single one of them. I'm thanking you in advance that you're a loving daddy and you care about me and I'm not stranded here on this earth by myself. Why would I not pray when I've got the most loving being in the world wanting to be on my side helping me out? Okay, so don't be anxious. Don't be anxious for one single thing, but in everything with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God that passes all comprehension. You don't know why you have so much peace. It's just supernatural. Hey, this is Brent Evans with Exo Marriage, and I want to thank you for listening to the Marriage Today podcast. We believe your marriage has a 100% chance of success if you do it God's way. If you enjoyed today's teaching and want to keep learning, hey, subscribe to the Marriage Today podcast and take some time to leave us a review. Your reviews help us spread the word and can encourage someone else in need. For more great marriage content, check out exomarriage.com where you can see all of our marriage building resources, articles, and live events.